to come again on April 15th to see some noise rock. The other band on Earth will be there. Jerkogram of LA will be there. And Love Moon. Same place, different time. 9 p.m., 7 bucks. Brought to you by Subliminal SF. For complete listings and more information, visit subliminalsf.com or check them out on Facebook at facebook.com slash subliminalsf. is a proud sponsor of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. We appreciate how comedians are, well, they're poor, and they need a delicious and inexpensive alternative to craft beer. Now, that's why every Pabst Blue Ribbon is affordable and accessible to even the dirtiest of dickbag comedians, allowing them to be in public at a bar interacting with people they probably shouldn't. again another episode of the jv show uh, mutiny radio.fm what is that john mutiny radio.fm <laughs> i love it i love y'all i hope you're you guys are listening it's a um, fabulous day tonight it is it stopped raining in the bay area it's 415-550-0511 that's our number you got to call us up especially if you want to talk we you know we don't require participation we encourage it so please call up the show and then we can talk whatever banter and sports chatter that will cure your ales big show too there's so much exactly big show there's so much to talk about i mean people dying there's uh, people being hired people being fired there's um there's nominations for awards there's so many things going on and um yeah we
Radio Comedy Festival, day three. Is your liver healing? Some aren't. Happy to see you guys. We have the newest in uh, disorienting seizure-inducing lights. We put it in at the very last second. We pulled it off, and now someone's going to drop. We just don't know who. It's like a death pool. Uh, but hopefully it's not going to be during this show, because this is the all-animal shows. Clap your hands if you love animals. Yes. Yes. Only one person's going to hell, but she's holding a camera. So maybe she'll be forgiven. Uh, I am an animal person. I, uh, I got two cats. And uh, when you're a man and you're buying two cats, you are a lonely ass man. Okay, because what you're saying to yourself is like, I could just buy one cat, but then I might have to go somewhere. And then that cat would be just as lonely as I am. I gotta get him a buddy. Then he could feel safe. Right, go camping. If nothing else, I just want you to leave here with a mental image in your head of two cats in a tent. That's all I want. <laughs> Simple goals, just two cats in a tent. All right, holding little flashlights. Right, reading Goosebumps books. Remember the good old days? Not everybody. <laughs> but uh, I actually, I had no intention of purchasing cats. I just had a little extra money. And I was like, let's go down to the Humane Society and see what's going on. Just pop in, say hi. You know what's going on? Pain and suffering. That's what's <laughs> going on at the Humane Society. Like, you like this cute little guy? He's pretty fuzzy and lovable, isn't he, huh? You want to take him home? No? Well, we're going to kill him. <laughs> Just going to snuff out his fuzzy little life right here on the premises. Couldn't handle that. I've been to jail before. I walked in there. They got a row of cats in cages on top of rows of cats in cages. All the cats are just... <laughs> Couldn't help. I was like, I gotta bail these bitches out. It's gotta happen. Didn't know the proper procedure to order a cat. Never done it before. Didn't know what the right thing to say was. You right? You can't just be like, can I get a number twelve? Right. Went up to the nice lady. She's like, hi. Can I help you? I'm like, yeah. Uh, let me get that cat. Ah, <laughs> uh, excuse me, that cat. Let me get him. Uh, well, it's one cat for twenty nine ninety nine, or you can get two for forty. It's like, double them up, bitch. Are you serious? <laughs> I got a van and a credit card. I want all the cats. I'll stick with two. That's fine. Give me the fat gray one and the small striped one. But it's not that easy. You can't just slap down a visa, start pulling animals out of cages. No, there's a whole application process you have to go through. Like you crash landed in North Korea. 16-year-old volunteer reading me the right. I, Sir, it says here on your forever home application that you live with your father. Like, what about it, bitch? You got to bring that shit up right now? Like, I'm a grown man. I made some mistakes. <laughs> We're healing up the budget. She said, well, in order for us to approve your forever home, we have to speak to all the occupants in your residency. Like, excuse me? I bought a Ford Taurus for $4,000. Nobody said shit. I'm getting $40 in cats. We got to make fucking phone calls? <laughs> I was like, do I, like... Like you were gonna kill them. Did we forget about that part of the story? <laughs> well, sir, it's just part of the forever home application process. We have to speak to all the occupants, okay? It's just part of the policy. Well, well, fine, but you don't have to call him. Like he could call into here, right? He could call in and talk to you. That would be fine, sir. That's, I'll be right back. I go outside, I'm so mad. There's a glass window. I took a stance with my phone out. 
I looked this bitch in the eye. I dialed the number. Yeah, this is Steve's dad. I understand he's trying to adopt two cats. I'd give him to him. He's a lonely motherfucker. <laughs> like, Sir, you're forever almost been approved. Thank you. Thank you. Good luck at prom, you evil bitch. All right, good luck. Then I get home. Now it's just me and the fucking cats. I didn't realize it was like a 15-year decision I just made. I just got so caught up in liberating them. That was just a very big moment. Now I'm just living with these fucking disgusting little animals. Seriously, I get my gray cat, Smokey. He's laying on my stomach. I'm petting him. It's a tender like father thing moment. And all of a sudden, big white worm shoots out of his ass. Yeah. Now I got a cat with worms and vomit on my bed because I threw up immediately. You don't see a white worm shoot out of a butthole and walk away okay. Right? Unless it's like Miley Cyrus and you're like, okay, there could be one in there. Right? Why not? Double down. But I gave, him, I gave him the cat medicine. That was the first time I had to be like a parent to where I have this thing whose life I'm in charge of and I've got to make it do something it doesn't want to do. And in this case, it was swallowing this pill. And I watched a little YouTube video and they make shit seem easy as fuck. Like you, just, you pop open the cat's jaw, you throw the pill in his mouth, he swallows it. That's, that's what you do. Right? No, he fucking... Smokey, he was so fat, he didn't care. He's like, yeah, put stuff in my mouth. That's why I'm here. That's what I want to do. Right? That's why I weigh 19 pounds. The striped cat fought me ever since the way they finally like jammed it down there and he was so dramatic. I'm like, oh my God. It was like a scene from a movie, like, where's the money, Lebowski? It's me and my little cat stories. No, that's what we're doing here at the Animal Show. Could talk about dangerous animals, black mambas. One of the few snakes in the world that'll stand up and chase you. Yeah, thank God they don't work for bill collectors, huh? That'd be a different story. It's like, hey, yeah, this is your final notice, and then we turn you over to the snakes. I'm sick of these motherfucking snakes. All right, I had to say that. I don't know why. I'm going to bring my my energy down with my stories. I'm not always the smartest man. The other day I saw a raccoon, and I couldn't think of the word raccoon. So in a bunch of all my friends, I just started yelling out, monkey dog, monkey dog, (laughs) monkey dog. There it is. People jump out of the way of monkey dog a lot more than they do raccoon. You yell monkey dog, people don't know if you're on drugs or if something weird's coming at them. They get to moving. One of my buddies, he, uh, we, we lived in Missouri, so there's always like country stuff, right? All these critters get in your house and everything. And uh, my buddy, uh, he walked outside to smoke a cigarette and he looked on the ground and there was two like little birds down there that had fallen out of the nest. So they wanted to pick the birds back up and put it back in the nest, but there was that like myth that like they'll pick up on the smell and then the mom will reject them and push them out of the nest. And it turns out it's bullshit, so they got a glove and they picked these two little birds up, they put it in the nest, went out the next morning. Not, not one baby bird, not two baby birds, three dead baby birds, three. Nature's a bitch. That's, every time you find good parking, I want you to think yourself, like, at least I'm not those three birds. (laughs) Out here wrecked. One time we got a squirrel stuck in the chimney during Thanksgiving. People made a big fuss about it. It's like, dude, we just baked a bird for eight hours. You worried about this thing in the chimney? My uncle was like, let's just smoke them out. I was like, fuck yeah. I started rolling them up right there. Like, whoa, fuck. (laughs) 
Duraflame, this is Purple Haze. Take a nitro, Nana. This train's coming. <laughs> you don't, don't panic on the purple, Grandma. Uh, I'm going to tell you one more story, then I'm going to get out of here. <laughs> and the same, it, one of the things that was popular about St. Louis is the zoo. But like anything in the Midwest, it's just ruined by just rednecks and just like NASCAR, like tall boys. Like, where's the fucking pandas at? Right? With like PBRs. Not that they're not a bad sponsor. I'm just saying. <laughs> at a zoo. If, you, if you're at a zoo and you have a foam trucker hat on, no sleeves on your shirt, and you got PBR, you're playing for the wrong team, sir. All right. I don't know where that story was going. I just felt like giving you guys a warning about St. Louis. It's a, it's a dangerous place. Number one for murder and STDs. That's what St. Louis has got going on. They don't handle the problems too well. Like, what's wrong, man? Jessica gave me herpes. Oh, what are you going to do? I'm going to go shoot that bitch. What do you mean? Again, nature. It's an evil bitch. I'm glad we're documenting this as I fumble for the proper thing to say to get off stage. Thank you. That's the one minute light. Thought I'd already gotten it. Thank God I stumbled. Um, but I enjoy the cats. Uh, they're fun. I'd be like, they were like babies when I got them, so they got super attached to me. So everywhere I went, they had to be like right next to me. Like I'd get up to get something, they'd be asleep, they'd try to run after me, right? But their like bodies don't work right, they need to stretch. They try to run after me, they're stumbling everywhere, right? I get too far ahead and then they panic. And I'm, meow, meow. I'm like, I'm right here, dummy, what are you doing? Come on. That's weird. I'm serious, with the swerving and the yelling out, they remind me of like little frat boys getting left by like a party bus or something. A little drunk, like, bro, bro, I'm right here, dude, come on, bro, bro, bro. All right, guys, I'm Steve Pogge, that's going to be my portion of the show right there. We're, uh, we're going we're gonna to keep the action coming hot, coming quick, as we keep the Mutiny uh, Radio Comedy Festival booking. Uh, your next comic, he's going to talk about animals. He's from New York. Please welcome Jamie Pierce, right here, Jamie. Oh, that's very light. That's very lightweight. Um, usually they're very sturdy, like a, like a, you know, you have the label on your prescription bottle that says "Do not operate heavy machinery," and I think that would count as a heavy machinery. Animals. That's not about animals. Let's talk about animals. Well, here's the thing. I am not currently a pet owner, but I do think it's. A, please come, have a seat. Uh, I do think it's in my future. I am uh, married to a man. Spoiler alert. And uh, we can't reproduce. Although it's not for lack of trying. Ew. Um, and I'm aware that there are other ways to acquire children. Like, I'm aware. You don't need to point them out. I, I, I know that there are other ways to acquire them. I don't, we don't want children. We don't want children. And uh, this is something we established early on in our relationship when I asked my husband at one point, more just to check the box. I was like, you know, should we adopt a baby? You know, we're, we're getting married. We're making heteronormative life choices. Should we adopt a baby? And his response was, and then what? Like genuine horror, right? And I was like, I don't know, raise it and love it? I don't know, what do you, what do, you do with a baby? 
And his uh, reply was just a simple, oh, just like recoil and horror. So we're not having kids, which is fine with me because we couldn't handle the chaos or the constant threat of infection. I mean, we're, we're two gay type A OCD Virgos. Like we can't, we can't handle that. Like whenever our young nieces and nephews come to visit, believe me, we white knuckle it. Like as they're tearing through the house, we're following close behind, my husband refolding throw blankets <laughs> while I've got Clorox wipes at the ready for the surfaces. You know, you have to maintain the integrity of the surfaces. My point is we're not having kids, but maybe we're going to get a schnauzer. That's what I'm saying. Like no kids, maybe a schnauzer. But we know that we need to rescue our animals, right? We're all advocates for that. We don't, we adopt them, we do not breed them, correct? Okay. Okay, well, okay, you, if you're not an advocate before, I've heard this before, you will be after I tell you this, this story. A cautionary tale, if you will. And it's very, very, very traumatic. And if it doesn't elicit laughter, I hope it will at least elicit sympathy. This is my opportunity to work through it, right? This is like my therapy, right? Comedy is like therapy, so I'm working through this. Many, many years ago, I was in my early 20s, and I was living with a roommate, and uh, she had this dog who she loved. She loved this dog, and she was always would talk about how like oh, she couldn't imagine loving a child as much as she loved this dog. That is until she had children, and then it was like, screw the dog. <laughs> And speaking of screw, screwing the dog, okay, this is my, this is my story of ad, my adventure in dog breeding. I did not set out to have an adventure in dog breeding. It happened to me. So she wanted to breed her dog, a Boston Terrier, so her legacy could live on. And she found this woman whose only job in the world was breeding Boston Terriers. Like, that was all she did. Apparently, that's a very lucrative vocation. And... Um, because it costs a lot of money, right? You've got to spend a lot of money for like the purebreds. So for some reason, she couldn't take the dog to the breeder, so she asked me to go instead. Um, and it was fine. Like, I, we were roommates, and I had, I had grown fond of the dog. Like, I felt like a surrogate parent, you know? Um, excuse me. Um, so... I said, fine, I'll go, I'll, I'll take the dog. I mean, what else do I have to do? Nothing. I had nothing else to do. I was in my early 20s. <laughs> so first thing I learned is that in breeding terms, the male dogs are called studs and the female dogs are called bitches, which I don't know how I feel about that. Like, even in the animal kingdom, women get no respect. <laughs> so I... Uh, go over to this woman's house, which is the creepiest place I've ever been. Like, it, she, she has like, conservatively like 27 dogs, right? <laughs> all Boston Terriers. <laughs> she's got like all this Boston Terrier paraphernalia, like she's really into it. And uh, the whole place is just kind of creepy and just smelly and filmy. You know, just like that aura of doggy sex permeating the air. And uh, she kept referring to my dog as the bitch. You know, like, bring in the bitch, which made me very uncomfortable. Um, and, the, like, the whole, the whole thing made me very uncomfortable because, like, this, is, this dog is, like, ostensibly my child, right? And I'm basically pimping her, right? Like, here's my daughter. Fuck her. So um, we get there, and I was like, you know, how does this work? 
I've never done this before. Like, do we put the dogs in a room with a little mood lighting? You know, turn on some Barry White, turn on some porn. Like, what happens? I don't, I don't know. And she says, no, you know, you're going to want to be there with her while this is happening. She'll feel better if you're there. And I was like, okay, like, I certainly wouldn't want my father there while I was being deflowered. But hey, so she goes and uh, the breeder goes and brings in the stud, who's just randy as hell. Like, from the minute we walked in the door, he could smell her. She's in heat. So he's just like, "Ah, ready to go. Where's my bitch? He comes over, the dog comes over, does kind of like a reconnoiter, sniffs her, and then he tries to mount her, and she snaps at him. Because, wouldn't you? I mean, if a stranger tried to mount you from behind? Like, I know this is San Francisco, but still, right? And on the one hand, I'm like, I'm kind of proud of her for not just like giving it up to, you know, this literal horn dog. But on the other hand, like, I really want this to happen because I want to get the fuck out of there, right? So I'm like giving her a pep talk, like, you know, sweetie, it's okay. There's no shame in being a slut. Daddy's been there. You might hate yourself in the morning. Might be a little awkward if you see him at the dog park. But you'll get over it. But he keeps trying to mount, and she keeps snapping, right? Like, she, this is basically her blowing her rape whistle. So after many failed attempts, the woman finally looks at me, the breeder, and she says, well, it looks like we're going to have to AI. And I was like, American Idol? I don't, I don't understand. And she, she then illuminates by saying, no, artificially inseminate. So many questions. So many questions. Who, what, where, why, when? Like, I don't, I don't understand what's happening. And then, again, she clarifies by saying, I'm going to need you to hold on to the stud while I retrieve. And that is what I did, ladies and gentlemen. I held on to the dog for leverage while she jerked him off into a Dixie cup. I, I wish I was kidding. And the whole time the dog's like looking right at me and I, I didn't know what to do and I was like, should I talk dirty to him? I don't, I don't know. And like, he's just like, his tongue's hanging out. And like, the look on his face is like half enjoying this, half kind of disappointed. Like, you're not my bitch. And I'm like, I'm sorry. So there we are. She's giving her dog a hand job, enjoying it way too much, if you ask me. And I'm there as usual, waiting for a guy to come, right? Again, story of my early 20s. Finally, she retrieves, mercifully, and just like you see in the movies, we get out a turkey baster and inseminate the dog, and we have to, to make sure it takes, we have to hold her by her hind legs and kind of like bounce her up and down. And she's giving me this look like, fuck you, stepdad, like, fuck you, like, this is, this is irreparable damage to our relationship. After all of this, she didn't even conceive which I think is a blessing because every time I would have looked at one of those cute little puppies, I would have thought about the time I participated in a canine orgy. <laughs> I do feel better though. I do feel better having gotten that out. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to do an animal set because I needed to, I needed to work through that. It was very, very traumatic. 
that's all the animal material I have, but I, I can tell you guys another story about human animals, if you want. Does that sound good? Yeah. Actually, I, thank you. I actually told this story uh, on Mutiny Radio uh, when I called in. Uh, doing comedy, you get, you know, you perform in some very unusual and unlikely venues, you know, for better or for worse. Some of them are great, others less so. Uh, especially like as a gay comedian, like they don't always line up. Uh, and I'm all for integration, right? But there's just some things that are less appropriate. For example, one time I got asked to perform in a strip club, like, like, a, like a gentleman's club, right? Uh, the penthouse club. I, I had to Google the penthouse club because I was previously unfamiliar. I'm not really their target demo, right? Actually, this was many years ago. I don't think I Googled. I think I asked Jeeves. <laughs> I asked Jeeves, what, what is the penthouse club? And then I come to learn that it is a gentleman's club. And when they called me, I was like, I think you have the wrong number. Like, I can't possibly be who you're looking for. Like, maybe you're thinking Jamie Kennedy, Jamie Fox, Jamie Farr, maybe even. Not that I think I'm on par with those people, but I just, I feel like they had landed on the wrong website. Probably because I'm cheap. That's why they, they asked me. And they said, no, no, you, we know you're gay and this is, you're great. You're great. You're going to be fabulous. But just an FYI, there are going to be lap dances going on during your set. <laughs> Have a nice day. Now, I was already questioning the appropriateness of me at the penthouse club. But in light of this new information, like I'm very concerned. Because it's difficult to catch the subtle nuances of my humor when there are titties wagging in your face. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's just not something you want to compete with, right? And, and normally, like, playing for straight audiences is easy. Like, you just have to be like, I'm gay, and they're like, oh, that's a riot. You know what I mean? <laughs> or like, vaginas are gross, and they're like, oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> but in this instance, vaginas are kind of the bread and butter of this operation. Do you know what I mean? Like, for these girls, like, vaginas put food on the table. Not literally, but you know what I mean. Um, so I didn't want to, like, insult their primary source of income. So instead I made jokes about, like, oh, I like going anywhere where there are really big poles. You know, like stripper poles? I, I know. T -t horrible. Just, like, turning into, like, a gay minstrel show, just slowly devolving into Johnny Weir. You know, it was really really upsetting. So needless to say, I did not go over well at the penthouse club. Finally, halfway through the show, I was like, I'm just going to go. I'm just going to get out of your hair. But if I were in your hair, it would look fabulous. <laughs> and then I dropped the mic and ran away. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much. See you again. One more time for Jamie, everyone. Jamie, right there. Make sure you follow him on Facebook and uh, all the other things. Mutiny Radio, make sure you're following them as well. Uh, a lot of the people you'll see here that are locally also have different stations here. Uh, so just let us, let us just stuff as much mutiny into you as uh, we can possibly fit. And speaking of stuff, do you guys ready for your next comic? No? No, I can, I can talk for another 45 minutes. Don't worry, guys. I can, uh, I can do it right here. I don't know where this person's coming from. I know it's uh, Washington. Tacoma, please mute me. We need a lot of love right now for Cameron Minch right here. 
minimum. Uh, the other day, I saw a missing cat poster with a reward for $1,000. I know. Pussy ain't cheap, you guys. <laughs> Been thinking about getting mine appraised, actually. So it'd be nice to have a furry little rainy day fund running around. Uh, I like how the poster didn't specify if the cat was supposed to be dead or alive. Because that made it so much easier walking up to their house with a garbage bag. I'm like, what do you have for us? It's closure. <laughs> uh, speaking of dead cats, mine is. Woo! Yeah, uh, my cat died uh, like a couple years ago, but it's still a funny story. Because um, she died the day after I had an awkward uh, sexual encounter. So I thought it would be kind of like it's like a symbolic death of like my innocence dying as well as my childhood cat dying. Pussies dying everywhere. Yeah. Um, she almost died in my arms, actually. Uh, almost died in my arms because you see I had errands to run and she was taking too long. <laughs> so like I was sitting there with her in my arms and I was like, it's okay, you can go. Like right now, maybe. Come on. <laughs> but she just wouldn't die and the bank was gonna close so I had to get go deposit some checks, you know? Right? <laughs> so I put her in her bed and I said, be right back, but not really. And then, and then I leave. Um, then I get a call from my brother. He's like, hey, just wanna let you know, the cat died. It's like, okay. And then he asked me, um, was she dead before you left the house? And I was like, that's a weird question. Like, why would I leave a dead cat laying around, you know? So I said, she was dead, just to fuck with him. I'm like, yeah, she was dead. And he's like, why, why would you leave her in, why would you leave her there? I'm like, well, you know, it's kind of like dirty dishes in the sink. I want to see if you would notice. <laughs> Cleaned up the last three dead animals. It's your turn, buddy. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of death talked about in this set because um, I grew up on a farm, uh, so you kind of deal with death coming in and out all the time. Uh, I've never uh, killed an animal, or I have, I've killed one animal on purpose living on a farm. Uh, I've accidentally killed, or assisted in the suicide of a couple birds with my tires and one squirrel, but I've only ever had to kill one animal, um, and it was a baby turkey. Yeah, so you guys are probably like, mm, not really into that, <laughs> killing animals, but like, yeah, on the farm, you have to kind of weed them out. Sometimes I'd wake up in the morning and I'd go out to the chicken coop and just my prize rooster, uh, his head would be eaten off by a, by a ferret, uh, not a ferret, like what are the wild ones? The, uh, I don't know, just some shitty little animal would come and eat your animals. <laughs> so you'd, that, you'd have to deal with that, right? And then we also kill them or we butcher them for eating and whatnot. But like uh, one time we were raising these uh, turkeys and I walked into their, the baby turkey room to feed them. Uh, one of them had a bum leg. And like, that's some shit you gotta take care of immediately, because like, if, if it dies inside the little coop, uh, the, it can spread diseases and whatnot. And like, if you're gonna kill a bird, it should be a turkey, because they're fucking stupid, they smell, and they're obnoxious, all right? Like, 
uh, if you, there's two different breeds of, tur two different types of turkeys. There's like ones you can eat that get really fat really fast. And there's also ones that are kind of like more like a wild turkey and they can fly. Uh, one time we made the mistake of getting the ones that could fly and they'd fly over the coop and then they'd come up to the front door of our house and they'd just stare in at us. <laughs> just, and then they follow us to the mill. It was really creepy. They're fucking creepy birds. So if you're gonna kill a bird, kill a turkey. Um, also, like, <laughs> they're so stupid. If a turkey dies, like, we had some of the bigger turkeys, one of them died, like, almost the close, closer to the butcher date, right? So it was, like, really exciting. We're gonna have two fat turkeys in our freezer. One of them dies, and then I come home, and the other one's just standing on top of it. Just like, mm, this is like a hill, new hill in the coop? <laughs> what is this? So, yeah, fucking dumb animals. Um, so the baby turkey had a bum leg, and I had to put it down. So, like, you have to find a blunt object to, <laughs> to use on it. Um, not like a baseball bat. That's obviously too big for the turkey. So I use, like, a, the end of a screwdriver, the handle. All right. I don't know if I want to explain the details of this because it's, it's not gnarly. It's just like the way I handled it was weird because like you're supposed to knock it behind the head like to knock it out and then it should just take one but it took me four uh, like beating it into the ground because it wouldn't die. So, <laughs> so yeah, that was the time I killed a baby turkey and then after, afterwards you kind of have to reevaluate your life just like take a moment to reflect on what just happened and then thank, thank yourself that you're not a serial killer. Just like, okay, now I know that killing is not my thing. So that's what you learn from, uh, from being on a farm. Uh, you guys scared of any animals? Like uh, a lot of people are scared of spiders or uh, like snakes or something. I'm scared of killer whales or like a more scientifically accurate name for them should be killer panda dolphins. <laughs> That's what they should be called. Um, yeah, I used to love whales or killer whales in particular, but after I've watched like Miller, like some YouTube videos of them attacking their trainers at SeaWorld, I'm like, fuck those guys, you know? And also like documentaries on, uh, on the Netflix about them, uh, they'll eat anything. Like, they'll eat other whales and other seals, and they play with their fucking food, right? So like, the reason I'm scared of them is because, like, as soon as the world just becomes sea world after the ice caps melt, like, they're going to fucking come for us. So I say keep them locked up. <laughs> like, don't let them out. Like, figure out how to make them our sea seahorses, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> and we'll go from there. Um... Can we also stop with the bait or the pet monkeys? Can we just stop with that? Uh, there's a documentary, my favorite documentary on Netflix right now is called My Baby Monkey. You guys need to look it up and watch it because it's the craziest shit you'll ever see. Because these people, like, they'll adopt the monkeys, these baby monkeys, and then they'll raise them like actual human babies. And that's the reason they get the monkeys is because uh, they stay small, and they're just like they want a baby, I guess. And like most, or like you pictured the type of people that would do this. Um, they live in the middle of America, 
It's the most common location for these people to live. Um, and they have a lot of psychological issues uh, that could be fixed by going to therapy, but unfortunately it's cheaper to just get a baby monkey. <laughs> so that's what they do. And I, it, it's hard to wrap your mind around because like, it's an animal. It is a wild animal and they raise it like a human baby. Like they put diapers on it, they make dresses for it. And like, and then, and then they have like breeders, they go to breeders for these monkeys, certified breeders. And like they, they pick up their baby monkey, they take it away from the mom monkey immediately after it's born. And so like, it, an, monkeys are intelligent animals. And like they have kind of the same relationship with their young as humans do. So like you'll they have this scene of these people going to pick up their baby monkey, and they have their monkey with them, and they're touring the little uh, caged area where all the uh, the breeding monkeys are. So like the mom monkey's just looking at the baby in somebody else's arms on the other side of the cage, and it's like fucking reaching for it and everything and going nuts, and they're just like, oh, this is so great, we got our baby monkey, it's gonna be awesome, oh my god. So yeah, that's fucked up. Um, but then, like, what else? This is the first time I'm talking about it, because it's, like, I've been wanting to talk about my baby monkey for a long time, because it's just, like, it's so crazy to me. But um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, it's funny like how other people react to the baby monkeys too, because they'll like go in. Uh, some of the parents will go into restaurants with their baby monkey, and they'll sit down to have a meal, and then the waiter or waitress will come up and say, "You can't have that in here. It is an animal." And then the parents will get like offended by that. They'll be like, "How dare you call my daughter?" a monkey <laughs> and so like they'll be kicked out of a restaurant and they'll go on about how I like I just I don't understand why people don't accept this lifestyle she is my daughter we raise her to be our kid <laughs> fucking ridiculous these people um, and it's funny, like, as I mentioned before, like, they have the money to adopt the baby monkey, but they don't have the money to Google, like, or buy a book about what to feed a baby monkey. So they feed it as if it was a human, like candy and uh, cake and uh, granola bars. So it was just very bizarre how they do this. Um, they don't even, like, take it to the vet either. Like, it's just the uh, one lady was in her car with the monkey on her shoulder, and she was driving, and then, like, she spilled some pills or something, and she couldn't find a, a medication of hers, and she thought the monkey had eaten whatever pill it was. So, like, it could have been a, like, heart pill or, like, an estrogen pill or something. So she calls an animal psychic to find out whether or not this monkey ate her pill or not. She's just like, hi, I don't know if I lost this pill. I don't know where it is. I'm not sure if Tracy ate it or not. Um, could you just talk to her real fast and, and ask her if she ate my pill? I really need to know. So she gives the phone to the monkey and the monkey's just like, 
wa- walking around the fucking car like it has no interest in no interest in being there at all it's only there because she gets fed candy like if she wasn't fed candy she'd rip their faces off like ridiculous so like she hands the phone to the monkey and then like the monkey just like (laughs) and then like she puts the phone back up and then the psychic's like yeah tracy said she didn't eat the pill she's gonna be just fine she's like oh thank god thank god she didn't eat my pill real solid evidence right there um when i anybody okay uh, anybody here, like when they were a kid, did you want to be an animal? Did you ever, okay, I asked my boyfriend this, he was like, uh, you wanted to be an animal, sir? Yeah. Okay, cool. I asked my boyfriend this, and he was like, no, that's fucking weird, you're a weirdo, no one's ever wanted to be an animal before. <laughs> I'm like, I wanted to be an animal when I was a kid, particularly a horse, really wanted to be a horse. Like, I dabbled in galloping <laughs> quite a bit, like, occasionally on the track at school during PE, I'd like kind of gallop or something to see how it felt. Or like upstairs, I'd like get on all fours and just recently stopped doing that. But but uh, now I realize that I'd, I would never want to be a horse. Like being a horse would be the worst life ever. It's like they're, they're basically animals that are born into retirement. Like, their heyday is over. Ha <laughs> ha. First time I said that. <laughs> but yeah, like, I imagine just, they just stand in rich people's yards all day, like, with the t- same Taylor Swift song playing over and over again in their head. Like a running toilet. And then they just have to wait for some 12-year-old to come out and boss them around. Like a 12-year-old they could easily murder. Like, what kind of life is that, you guys? <laughs> Hate to be a horse. All right, that's my time. Then Cameron Minch, thank you so much. Oh, keep it going for Cameron, everybody. Holy oh, monkey's taking pills. She admitted she wanted to gallop. You guys were mean. She admitted she wanted to gallop. You didn't even look her in the eyes. That's a hard thing to bring to a group of strangers after you did your monkey pill bit, all right? We got one more comic for you, and then we're going to take a little 10-minute break for the next show starts up. So if you want Mexican food, it's across the street. If you want alcohol, it's down the street across the street. And uh, if you want some quiche, then just go the fuck home. Because <laughs> we don't have any quiche hookups for you. All right, We're all quiched out over here with you and your demands. Speaking of demands, your next comic's going to have a few. He's a local SF guy. He's got his own podcast, Fuck Everything, Fuck You. That's his real name of the podcast. I'm not just being mean to you guys. And uh, he's going to regale you, and he actually brought an animal here tonight. So please, nice round of applause right now for Tim Pizza coming in. Uh, I'm a real stressed out guy. Uh, I find out that by uh, paying attention to the animal kingdom, uh, you can learn a lot about being peaceful. Like, turtles are very peaceful animals. Like, they just swim along happily, flapping in the water. Like, you never see a turtle just, like, flip over a table and start choking its wife. They go in their shell, and they enturtleize everything. Just in there, punching stuff. Hey, would you guys like to play a game? It's called Would You Rather. 
That's a, would you rather get a hand job from a raccoon or give a hand job to a giraffe? There's two rules. Rule number one, eye contact. And rule number two, somebody's gotta fucking come. Okay, let's suss this out. So you have to be sat down to get a hand job from a raccoon. And these little trash pandas are ugly motherfuckers with fucked up teeth. And they've got opposable thumbs wrapped around my miserable dick, and it's miserable because I'm letting a raccoon touch it because they live in garbage. Um, and making eye contact with one, there's no way I'm going to come. So I'm going to go for the giraffe. Because if you're jerking off a giraffe, his cock's right here. And you can stroke it with some motherfucking dignity. You can just stand there just keep going with that giraffe cock. Yeah, it's gonna take a long time for that giraffe to come, and it's gonna be fucking great. I am not proud of who I am. When I woke up this morning, I washed 87 cents off my body in the shower. Okay, stipulation number one was eye contact. This is where my dick moves a little bit, thinking about it, because if you're making eye contact with a giraffe while you're jerking it off, think about it. Motherfucker's head is bent like all the way around with that long, gorgeous neck just looking at you. That's some beautiful shit right there. Great joke. This, this joke doesn't have a punchline. It just, it just keeps going. But I, as you can tell by now, I love animals. Uh, my favorite thing about animals is animal groupings. Um, three or more animals is an animal grouping. Like three or more raccoons is called a gaze. Three or more giraffes is called a tower. Uh, three or more crows is called a murder, and three or more bros is called a date rape. <laughs> three or more white girls is called a Pinterest. This one's true. Three or more female geese in flight is called a gaggle, and three or more Japanese girls is called a giggle. I'm going to do one more, and then I'm going to get out of here. I've lived in this city for 15 years. Um, it's two things that majorly take up San Francisco. Uh, the pigeon population and the homeless population. They're the same fucking creature. They're both running around spastic and chaotic and not making a lot of sense and begging. Um, I'm at the bus stop, I'm, we're waiting for the end train the other day and there's this hobo and he's wearing this suit and he looks like he's been wearing it for 20 years and it's just covered in garbage and every 20 seconds he's like, and might I add your honor? And might I add your honor? Like his mind split in half when he lost his court case at 8.50 Bryant and he just walked out and immediately became a hobo. So I ignore the guy, I get on the train, I go to the record store, I come back to the same bus stop and this hobo's suit is laid out on the ground. He's not in it anymore. And it's covered in this weird slime. And there's about 60 pigeons running around on top of it. And that's when I realized if you smoke enough crack and live on the streets of San Francisco long enough, one day you just start coughing up feathers and burst into 65 pigeons. <laughs> I'm Timothy Pizza. All right, Timothy Pizza right there. One more round of applause. So guys, uh, we're going to take a quick break. Then we're going to start uh, your 7 o'clock show here. Uh, so uh, right here as we get out of here, one more round of applause for all your comics. Timothy Pizza, Cameron Minch, Jamie Pierce, I'm your host, Steve Poggi. Thanks for listening to MutinyRadio.fm. 
Jonathan, I know you love tinctures. I do. Yeah. Most people don't even know what those are. Yeah, most of them don't. we need to give everybody a little example of what we know. Well, they should go to trialta.com to see the six different kinds of cannabinoids that are all distilled for their medicinal needs. Yes, and they're so wonderful. Have you heard about the CBN? Did you even know this existed? Is that like waffles? No, CBN is the cannabinoid in the plant that makes you fall asleep. Oh my God. Weed to make you sleep. Yeah. Does that put cancer to sleep? It puts cancer to sleep. It doesn't even get you high. It just puts you to sleep. There's also the THCA. Pain relief. Don't need any more opioids. Does that come from the vegetation state? It, it certainly does. You clearly know your botanicals. You know your Alta California botanicals. Yes, and there's also a CB, high CBD and a mixture of both high THC and CBD. That's right. Helps with the shaky shakies. If you have anxiety, go with the CBD. If you like to get high, go with the THC. Go with it all. Go to your local dispensary and ask for it by name. Alta California Botanicals. Or go to tryalta.com. If you give them your medical prescription, you can get two weeks for free Alta. absolutely try alta.com hey you psychedelic junkies need something to do Tuesday March 1st well get your ass on out to the Golden Bull in Oakland at 8 p.m. For a stellar lineup of psychedelic rock, brought to you by Subliminal SF, featuring War Cloud, Cloud Catcher of Denver, and Skunk. Then Thursday, March 31st, check out Seattle band UN Hissing and Cardinal Worm, also another band to be announced. Same place, same time, $8. Funeral Doom is the genre. For complete listings and more information, visit subliminalsf.com or check them out on Facebook. See you there. What's up, San Francisco? The SF Eagle Bar is proud to sponsor the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. The SF Eagle is about to celebrate its third year anniversary since reopening under new ownership and new management. We are historically a gay leather bar, and now we cater to the queer LGBT community. As well as our allies by hosting fundraisers for local nonprofits and events to celebrate love and equality. I ain't got no dick, but I love the Eagle. Yeah, you Ooh, do. Yes. Located at 398 12th Street at Harrison Street and open every single goddamn day. So check www.sf-eagle.com yeah. for calendar of events. And we will see you 3316. By the way, opening day of our special midnight comedy showcase for the mutiny comedy festival i see you guys there hell yeah industrial 
Extreme Metal's taking over. Golden Bull in Oakland, April 5th, with the Death Kings of LA, Genocide Skin, Ort Cloud, and other bands to be announced. 8 p.m., $8, all industrial metal. They come again on April 15th to see some noise rock. The other band on Earth will be there. Jerkagram of LA will be there. And Love Moon. Same place, different time. 9 p.m., 7 bucks. Brought to you by Subliminal SF. For complete listings and more information, visit subliminalsf.com or check them out on Facebook at facebook.com slash subliminalsf. is a proud sponsor of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. We appreciate how comedians are, well, they're poor, and they need a delicious and inexpensive alternative to craft beer. Now, that's why every Paps Blue Ribbon is affordable and accessible to even the dirtiest of dickbag comedians, allowing them to be in public at a bar interacting with people they probably shouldn't, like women. So go buy your favorite comedian a PBR. They need the encouragement that someone, somewhere, cares what they have to say. Paps Blue Ribbon, keeping comedians funny with classically delicious flavor since 1844. Which is crazy, because it was America's best in 
Who's ready for some comedy? If you don't know, you're at Mutiny Radio. This is the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2016, first annual, yeah. not last annual. Beautiful. Um, I'm here tonight. We're having full band backing. That's the comedy concept of the night. I'm here with David Colon and the drummer. The drummer being Aaron Barrett. Please give these guys a hand. David Colon, a man of many instruments over here. Yes, you got a guitar, a, a piano, and a glockenspiel. Very classy. I love it. And Aaron Barrett with his beautiful drums. Okay. All right, we got a lot of great comedy for you tonight. We got a lot of uh, comics from all over the place here. And uh, let's get excited. All right. So, uh, are, are you, are you uh, fellas ready to kick it? Do a little something. All right. Let's go. So, uh, my, uh, my name's Nicole, Nicole Love. I'm from Oakland, California. That's where I be. Uh, I'm drinking this beer by, from our sponsor, PBR. <sighs> Only the best. So, I love living in Oakland. As you can see, I'm wearing the sweater. Yes, this is not, this is not a costume. I always look this much like a rock star. It's true. So I live on uh, International Boulevard. International Boulevard, that's the hostrol. That's a technical term, hostrol. I'm seeing you're not familiar. Okay, that is where the ladies of the night congregate. All right, to do their business. You know what their business is. Some of you better than others. Let's be honest here. Okay. No, but I, I couldn't be happier with my proximity to the hostel. All right. Because no matter what I'm wearing, I will be mistaken for a prostitute. All right. And sometimes I just need that kind of attention. Yeah. I just need to know I'm worth paying for. Seriously, anything. It doesn't matter. Footy pajamas, overalls, hazmat suit. They don't know what's underneath it, but they're curious, huh? Wherever squirrel, there's a nut, they say, huh? Yeah. But it's not all fun and games. Um, I was mugged not too long ago. Boo! Huh. Horrible. I was mugged. This guy, he, he, he ran up behind me, and he grabbed my bag. And we got into a tug of war for the bag. And he started hitting me over my head repeatedly and screaming and yelling. He was hitting me over the head with uh, something heavy and I just, I, I felt moisture dripping down my neck. And I smelled vinegar. Cause he was hitting me over the head with a, a giant pickle. <laughs> a giant pickle. An artisan pickle, I believe. You know, uh, just uh, one of those big pickles, those uh, big jars and the neon green liquid. You don't know how long they've been there or uh, who's buying these things or who's the last person to stick their hand in there. And just just uh, that kind of pickle, massive pickle. What kind of cucumbers? Huh? 
are they making these things with? I blame Monsanto. No, but uh, I'm just here to let you know that anything can be a weapon. All right. I, I was robbed at pickle point. I was pickle whipped. The ultimate insult to injury. Uh, you know, I walk around these streets and I, I see so many things. Uh, I walk past the construction site and I see a guy wearing Jordans and I think that's not safe. That's get some steel toe boots, man. Uh, I turn a corner and I see a man on a bike with a Christmas cookie tin tied to his head. What does he know that I don't? <laughs> so, you know, uh, you know these hoverboard things. This is a hot topic for me, uh, these hoverboards. Uh, the two wheelie self-balancing things. So when they first came out, um, I only saw black people on them. Only black people were riding around on these things. And I took note, all right? So if you don't, if you didn't recognize this, trust in me, all right? I, I did the data. So, and I just thought, what is this? What's going on? This is the oddest reparations project <laughs> I've ever seen. Oh, man. From casinos to hoverboards, uh, America has a very strange way of saying sorry. <laughs> uh. Then a few months passed, right before Christmas, everyone wanted to buy these things, everyone wanted them. And uh, right before they could get them, the batteries started exploding, setting the hoverboards on fire. Yes, sad, sad music. So now I see what this really was was the Tuskegee experiment of hoverboard technology. <laughs> Uncomfortable silence. You know, don't blame me, guys. It happened, all right? It happened. And everyone always, always gives me a boo or a silence or something. I didn't do it, okay? Can we just appreciate the comparison? No. I suppose not. You're right. All right. Well, you know, um, we got a lot of great comedy for you tonight, and I will not stop the train from coming on. All right. <laughs> you will see me all night. Um, let's, let's get our first comic to the stage. He's from Portland, Oregon. Please put your hands together for John Glasgow. Thank you. John Glasgow is sick. I'm Joe Glasgow. Oh my God. Thank you for coming out. Can we get a somber piano for John real quick? John was my twin brother, and uh, he fucking died real bad today. Uh, he's kind of a dick, though. Let's make a little happier music now. I, uh, I've been growing a lot of hair on my body recently uh, in places I like, didn't think you were supposed to, right? Like, I look at my body hair 
like people in San Francisco look at Walmarts. I'm like, no! Why there? Why there? That's gonna make everything around it look worse. Why would you put it there? But I've been growing a lot of chest hair recently, uh, but it's not growing in everywhere. It's just in two thick lines. Looks like my nipples have eyebrows. But it's worse because they're not straight when I'm just kind of arched up. I take my shirt off, my nipples just look confused about it. That look. Uh, I'm, I'm going through like the first stages. I got the nipple eyebrows and then I'm going through the first stages of like my hair thinning out, like the very first stages. And like my dad's bald, my grandpa's bald. I'm like, okay, like I might go bald someday, right? And so I went to the doctor about it. Like the person who makes sure people, people don't die. And I was like, I don't like what this is doing. And he was like, I don't, what the fuck? I don't know what to tell you. And so he sent me, can we cut the drums for a second? This is gonna get serious. Keep, it, keep that, I'm gonna bring you back in a second. He sent me to some links and uh, they were just weird reviews for products. Like one of them was like, fuck Rogaine. It made my pubes long. I was like, does it make your nipple eyebrows darker though? Bring the drums back in, drums back in. Bring them back in. And then the other, the other website was like, you can, you can meet up with other bald people, like bald groups. Like that's a skinhead rally, right? That's not good. That's not helping anyone. And that got me thinking like, is that what skinheads are? They're just really insecure bald people who like needed a reason, right? Like their friends were like, oh, that's too bad. You've got like bad genes. And they're like, no, no, I'm just racist. I'm not. I'm not balding, I just, buddy, I just hate certain people, okay? I can say that joke because my grandma's racist. It, uh, it's fine for me. My grandma insists on calling uh, lean cuisines Asian meals. And I don't know what you know about lean cuisines, but there's nothing Asian about them at all. It's like the only product that wasn't made in Asia. And that means either one or two things. Either someone accidentally was like, I think those are from China, and it just stuck with her or she just got so bored that she just started making up stereotypes. And I think it's the latter. I unfortunately think it's the latter. But if you're gonna, if you're gonna be racist, come on in guys, you guys are good. We're talking about racism this show. If you're gonna be racist, do it in that way. You know, cause she's not offending anyone. She's just confusing the shit out of people. Right, like the worst she can do is like roll her window down and be like, go eat some lean cuisines. That's some Asian people. And they're like, is she calling us fat? I don't get it. What's, what's happening? Jesus. All right, can we cut the gu guitar, just the drums, just the drums for a second? This is, this is reminding me of when I like, like high school dances and just being white, you know? And you'd like dance on girls and you just. And one and two and three and four and don't you get a boner. And, it's just, it's just, and you always do. You always get that boner. I, uh, I drove down here, and I drove down, I've got like a very shitty car, like an old, like the check engine light hasn't turned off yet, you know that? And I read it wrong the whole time. It's like, check, engine, check, you got one, you're good. You're good to drive. But I've got these taunting, these taunting dashboard lights that make me feel bad about myself and my car. And I wanna switch it around. I want dashboard lights to come on, make me feel good about myself, my car. Like once a week, I want a light that comes on that just says, you still have a steering wheel. So you're good, you're fine. Like every time I turn my car on, I want it to be like, if you're reading this, your car didn't get stolen today. 
and that's a fucking fact. Drive on, dog. And then you know how, like, in the in the side view, it's like objects may appear closer. I want the rear view mirror to just say, "You look better than this in real life. Feel better about yourself, bud. You're fine." I uh, I look in the mirror a lot and realize that I look like the sleepiest Nazi ever, like the Nazi that calls in sick to work a lot. You know. Like I had to hit the snooze button today. I'm sorry. That's so fucked up. Even my grandma would love it. She'd be so happy. She'd be ha- she watches, I live with her. She watches, uh, all right, no, no drums. No drums for a second. I'm going to go acapella on this. Uh, she watches a lot of Family Feud. And I don't know if you guys have watched it recently. It's like the most racist fucking show. It's always a white family and then like a black family or a Hispanic family or like a lean cuisine family. And one of them's playing... And it's like, I don't know if you watched it back in the day, but back in the day, like every like 80 episodes, there'd be like a fun, like sexual innuendo. And that'd be like a good day for Family Feud. And, but now it's like every episode, there's like a gross sex joke. Like they'll be like, name a fucking animal you like. And the guy will be like, my dick. <laughs> and Steve Harvey will be like, this is a family show. You can't, you can't say that. And then it'll do weird things like, all right, drums back in, drums back in. It'll do weird things like when the black families answer, they'll put up different things on the board. Like it'll be like, name a way to get to work. And they'll be like, my car. Like, show me my car. And it'll say, my whip. And be, <laughs> they didn't say that. And my grandma will be like, yeah, this is good. This is good television. I love this. Um, do you guys have bros in San Francisco still? Is that still a thing? Mostly bros? Mostly just people who look like me that's ruining this place? Yeah. It's fun. It's a good place. Uh, we have a lot, a lot of people in Portland who wear uh, the Nike tees. That's like kind of where, where uh, Nike started. And they used to be okay. They used to say just do it in the big block letter tees. But now these shirts are getting like way too cocky. Like guys, big bros are rocking around the shirts that are like already doing it. <laughs> what? Like, I'm doing it right now. Like I'm looking at you right now, but you're not doing anything impressive. My dick is not that small. All right, but. Get a different shirt, that's weird. Like, I can't wear those shirts. I need shirts that are like more, more effective to like how I live my life, right? I need shirts that are like, I might do it. Or like, you know, I said I'd do it, but the thing with my grandma came up, so I couldn't do it. <laughs> or just like, I'm not gonna fucking do it, ever. I won't do it. Like, I'm the type of guy, I need, I need the shirts, like the middle school Hot Topic tees, right? I need those shirts, the way I live my life. I need shirts that are like, I was gonna clean my room, but then I remembered, fuck you, mom. <laughs> Hot topic, because fuck you, mom. Why not? It's fun. Um, I was, the mission is a fun area. I feel like when I walk through, they're like, fucking leave, please. You are ruining this place. And I can't even pretend like I'm ambiguous at all. They're like, you are the evilest, whitest person, sleepiest Nazi that's ever walked through. I look like if Hitler played video games and there was a create a player function, you know? Like if he played Sims and he just didn't let me sleep. And like that's, that's where I'm at. Um, so I, like I said, I drove down here and uh, real fun to drive down to San Francisco because you get to tr- cross the Oregon-California border. And I don't know if you guys know this, there's that checkpoint, the Oregon-California border. It throws me off every fucking time. Like we're driving up, driving up yesterday and we're like, fuck, there's weed in the car, we know it. There's definitely al- alcohol, open containers. We get bored, like we're having fun. I'm driving up to it. I'm like, this is it. Like, third DUI of the family. Like, let's make mom proud. Like, rolling the window down. Looking at me, I'm looking at... And then 
They're like, do you have any fruit? <laughs> and like, guys, no drums for a second, please. Who the fuck are these fruit people? <laughs> Is this a group of homeless people that just found an abandoned checkpoint? And they're like, the plan starts now. <laughs> We're gonna get some free fucking food. But it's gotta be specific, right? Like they're spitballing in a circle. One of them's like, we should ask for meth, definitely. Like, Randy, no. That's gonna be way more suspicious. But this is someone's actual job. Like, can you imagine being at a dinner party? Like, oh, what do you do? Oh, me, I make sure that fruit doesn't go from Oregon to California. Like, really, why? I don't know. They did not tell me on the first day. I have no idea why. Drums back in, drums back in. I don't know if you, have you dealt with these people? Is it not just me like being drunk, driving and making things up? Okay. Like you can say anything, you, know, you can make up words. Roll the window down, do you have any fruit? I should have a fat. They're like, I fucking hate my job. <laughs> Keep driving, please, I hate this. Last time I wanted to see how serious they took their job. Rolled the window down, do you have any fruit? Yeah, there's a banana in my ass right now. <laughs> Is he good? Is he, yeah, just go, I don't know. <laughs> Do not know our policy on ass bananas at all, guys. It's fucking tough. How much, how much time do I have? Am I? Uh, you have three, three more minutes? <laughs> hard drums, hard drums for a second. Make it, make it act like it's on purpose. All right, we're good. So, back with the, yeah, the, yeah that one, that one, hit this, yeah. Side. I, uh, I lived in New York for a little while over the summer, and uh, it's so good to be back because people fucking smile here. It's a good ass time. What's up, baby? What's Come up? on in. Come on in. <laughs> We're talking about New York, guys. Sit down. You're good. And uh, people there, like, they're very confrontational. Like, I was on the subway. I was wearing a University of Oregon Ducks football t-shirt. This guy was like, the Ducks, man. Fuck the Ducks. I was like, oh, are you like an Oregon State fan? Like, their rival? He's like, nah, Yankees. <laughs> I was like, word, man, I don't think they're playing each other this season at all. And like, I feel like that's how that guy just goes throughout his entire life, right? Like he goes to someone's house, sees that they have a cat, and he's like, cats, man, fuck cats. <laughs> oh, are you a dog person? Nah, Yankees. <laughs> just trying to get the word out about him. <laughs> Fucking love the Yankees. All right, I have a PSA, before I get off, I have a PSA for the ladies in the audience and then the men. I'm gonna do the ladies first, then the men. No drums to the ladies, no drums to the ladies. I'm gonna go acapella again. Ladies, talk dirty, right? Make it sensual, 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 yeah, yeah. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk dirty during sex, but when you do it, do it loud enough, right? And I don't mean like fucking yell it, just so we can hear it, because there's no sexy way to respond. I can't be like, what was that? You know? Like leaning into her ear like, repeat that. Real sultry. Say that again, but enunciate your words, please. All right, that's the one for the ladies. For the guys, guys, if you have sex with someone and you want to tell me about it, excellent. Right, that's fun for all of us. If you want to tell me if it was good or not, great. Drums back in, drums back in for this last part. It'll be good. I don't want to hear how long you have sex for anymore, though. Like, can we agree on that? Why does this come up every time? Because I know you're lying. I know you're lying to me. I have friends who come up to me, the most serious they've ever been. They're like, I had sex with this girl the other night for three hours. Three, is she okay? <laughs> what are you doing for three hours? What the fu I drove to Eureka and back. I'm not from here, is that close by? I have no fucking idea. I usually do that joke in Portland. 
The entire Fellowship of the Ring? Really? You're going at it? <laughs> Benjamin Button got 85 years... No, I don't believe it. I said that joke a couple weeks ago, and this guy, this guy in the front row was like, yeah. He was like really feeling it. I was like, oh, sir, like, like how long do you have sex for? He's like, me? Only like an hour and a half. I was like, sir, this joke is about you, you fucking idiot. I'm Joe Glasgow. You guys have been awesome. Thank you. Sorry about that whole John Joe thing. I was too busy retaining what a fucking glockenspiel is. So. Oh my gosh. Oh, and uh, thank you for telling me what the white boys were looking like when I was dancing on them. And, uh, I was always curious about that. But you know, I'm always like down there. Wake up back there, huh? No. So it's hard to know. Anyway, thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, without further ado, our next comic, all the way from New York, please yeah. give a lot of love to Killy Dwyer. Yeah. Killy Dwyer! This is awesome, you guys, oh. right? I don't want to hog it. It's, I mean, you guys are such a loving community. It's like, you know, you're sharing joints. I mean, this, that's, so not, that's so not New York. They're like, they're hoarding everything. They're like, get the fuck away from my shit. Um, so it's weird because I'm a comedic musician, so I write comedy songs, but you guys know how like, when you're like trying to think of a song, right, but, you, but then you're hearing this song, Right? I know. But we're going to do it. I'm, gonna, I'm going for it. Because, like, you know what? I'm going outside the box tonight for you guys. You know, you're welcome. It's all right. Don't, I don't need applause. That's fine. I said I don't need applause. I'm from Brooklyn. No, I'm okay, so I think, what, what's your band? I know you guys have a, a name that you guys go by. Not really. Should we just shout it out? What's the band name tonight? Okay, great. Um, the Helen this is going well. I just want to make sure that by the end of my set, I do crowd serve. Uh, I mean, I feel like that, if anything, that should be what this show is about for me tonight. I mean, I don't really care about you guys, but like for me, so just kind of think in your head, like when I say, when we got three minutes left, how you guys are going to move forward and I'm going to slowly lay, just think about it, that's all. <laughs> I don't feel right. I call it sick cause I don't feel well. My stomach aches and I salivate. When I hear a bell, that's a glockage pill. <laughs> and it tastes like chalk and pennies. You know that can't be right. I feel like I can't breathe. And my chest is getting tight. Do you want to feel it? <laughs> I'm a hypochondriac. I think that I am dying. Scurvy Minji Butler, please know that I am not lying. My tumor's just too small to show up on my x-ray. I'll go back to the doctor tomorrow, twice the next day, Zoc Docs. Can I get an echo? Zoc Docs, Docs, Zoc Docs. 1-800-Dentist. 
I was watching Dr. Oz. Yo, what a pompous prick. He said no symptoms, no discomfort. Don't mean you're not sick. Well, I have that, or do I mean that I do not? I went on WebMD, I saw a hundred things I do got. Spina bifida, <laughs> rickets, and scarlet fever too. Flesh-eating bacteria, and also the swine flu. The mumps and the measles, the clap and the shingles. Cancer. <laughs> no, no, that was, that's definitely a pause. Nice, nice. <laughs> See, like we need to take this on the road for sure. I'm a hypochondriac, I think that I am dying. Scurvy mangibola, please know that I'm not lying. My tumor's just too small to show up on my x-ray. I'll go back to the doctor tomorrow, twice the next day, Zoc Docs. <laughs> 1-800-Dennis. <laughs> you think I'm crying wolf? You think it's paranoia? I brought you a stool sample, which just seemed to annoy ya. <laughs> Please take my blood and a urine sample too. When I feel happy and just fine, I don't know what to do. All right, this is where it gets like melancholy and a little like lower. I want you guys, this is, this is the definite message of the song, okay? I'm a hypochondriac, and I told you I was dying, and now I'm singing to you from my grave. You know that I wasn't lying. That's it. Thank you. <laughs> I, I wasn't lying. I wasn't lying. Oh, oh, let's do our big, uh, this is our big number, our big hit. We've, you know, we've been, you know, what is it? 20, 25 years together now. In June. Uh, in June, June 15th. Uh, yep. Yeah. Uh, and uh, this was, our, you know, weirdly, this was our radio hit. Because... Um, <laughs> It's called Long Story Short, and it just is um, ready. Here we go. Birth, death. Thank you. That was it. <laughs> it's just, you, you didn't even, you, you forgot your part on that one. That was just, you didn't, I know, we haven't been together in a while. We broke up uh, because I fucked both of them at the same time. <laughs> and uh, yeah, let's do that. Yeah, I love that thing. Let's, let's get out some toys, shall we? Uh, let's do, oh. okay, I got one. This is good, I think. I feel like this will work for us um, tonight. You guys like my dress? I don't have an iron where I'm staying, obviously. Um, yeah, just a, a snappy little ditty. I don't know, whatever you want. Maybe an F, I don't know. <laughs> sure, for fucking. <sighs> let's see, how does this go? Let's Let's think. I gotta stretch a little, hold on. <laughs> it's the most creative way I've ever looked at my notes in my life. <laughs> but I don't wanna leave you guys out, so there it is. 
Did you think I'd be a total bitch when you met me? Did you fear our first encounter at the bar? Did you say, hey, is everything all right with you? Or was that subtle road rage back there in the car said, bitchy, 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 resting face. Bitchy, 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 resting face. Bitchy, 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 resting face. Did you bitchy? Bitchy, resting face. No, I'm not upset. This is just my face. I am really happy and I love this fucking place. Inside I'm excited though my face don't always show it. Please stop asking if I'm happy and I know it. Clap your hands. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. Then your face will surely show it. If you're happy and you know it, then your face will surely show it. Clap your hands. And scene. <laughs> Thanks. Woo! I tell you what. I tell you what, polyester. It's not breathe. <laughs> just that way. So I was walking around, just just a little. Like you guys can do a little whatever. I don't know something. While I'm talking, uh, like a real comedian. I had some tacos after the show on Wednesday. Uh, it was kind of amazing. A lot of you weren't here. Actually, none of you were. Um, actually, one of you was back. Thank you. Um, <laughs> and I had some tacos around the corner, and I'm not going to say that that's how I got food poisoning. But the next day, <laughs> I did shit my pants. <laughs> well, wait, wait, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. Now, let me. Ta- I got to take that back a little bit. I didn't fully shit my pants. I just, I knew, I felt immediately that maybe a little something had happened. (laughs) So I was at Phil's, you know, of course, which does not help, trust me, Phil's coffee. You don't wanna have that when you have a stomach issue. But I was like, I love Phil's and I only get it when I'm in San Francisco. (laughs) They don't have it in Brooklyn. Uh, So I had a large, of course. But then I left, I didn't use their bathroom, which is lovely, but it smells like shit all the time, cause duh, I mean. (laughs) So I'm in this other, and I, And I have to take my panties off and throw them away. I know, thank you, thank you. Uh, But I kept the jeans on. Uh, I was like, I'm not going home, fuck that shit. I'm walking San Francisco today. (laughs) Sick or not, and you guys are gonna fucking love this shit. I got a tattoo, okay? I want to get down, no need to get romantic. Let's get freaky, but there's no need to get trantic. Your GED is good enough for me. You have all your hair. I don't need a commitment, because I just don't care. I just want your baby. (laughs) Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I want your baby. So, So I can give it to Madonna, Donna, Donna. That, I think that's good. I, th- I think that's good. I think that, that's good. Okay, so I feel like we're, we're getting close. So just so you guys are having in your mind, like how are we going to work this out? Like we're going to have to get past guitar player to get to the up front to carry Killy out the door, <laughs> around the front, and carry her back in. So that's just FYI, just uh, telling you guys what's, what's going to happen. Um, oh, let's see. Um, okay, it's happening. 
I can feel it. I can feel it. Okay. Uh, yeah. Whatever you got. Yeah. This one's this one's like a bill. This one's more serious. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I like it. Some lovely art on the walls uh, for sale. Uh, the artist. Well, let me just sing about it. I am an artist. And I'm clinically depressed. I'm slightly neurotic and compulsively obsessed. But I am creative. I got post-traumatic stress. I have several personalities and rage that I suppress. <laughs> Don't attack me with your happiness. <laughs> I want you all to suffer for my art and don't rape me with your glad antidepressants are just another kind of sad it's true whoa hey <laughs> ex-boyfriend reunion tour I'll fuck to shake your hand I'm an alcoholic, I'm drug addicted, and I'm still my biggest fan. Yes. I'm a schizophrenic psychopath. <laughs> I'll kill you in your sleep. Cause I stalk you, cause I love you. It just means I'm really deep. <laughs> Don't attack me with your happiness. I want you all to suffer for my art. <laughs> Don't rape me with your glad. Antidepressants are just another kind of sad. Okay, here's where you guys are gonna start to come up. Go ahead. <laughs> you, you, come on, Cupid doll. Come on, Cupid doll. Come on, you green shirt. Come on, let's go. Uh, T-shirt. Ladies too, come on. We're an equal opportunity. Come on, let's go, let's go. I'm gonna, I'll stand up here till you come, so. All right, you two stand up. You're already right here. Here we go, okay. Just gather around, pull it in, pull it in. Pull it in, here we go. Pull it in, come on, pull it in. Yeah. You gotta come on the other side of the chair. I'm gonna hurt myself. I'm gonna hurt myself. That was amazing. Thank you. Please don't. Killy Dwyer. Give it up. And she did it under these hot fucking lights in polyester. Oh my God. 
please don't go back to New York. Stay here and be my friend. <laughs> be my friend. I, I, I'll, be, I'll be your moody, bitchy friend. <laughs> or we can be moody and bitchy together. That's cool, too. I, I have a re, uh, resting bitch face uh, issue. I call it a lesbian grin, uh, a Nazi smirk, you know? I have to. I, uh, um, I have all these freckles all over my face, and it's just like a welcome mat on my face, so I have to have a mean mug to counteract that. So that's all that is. So it's... Anyway, that was, that was awesome. Thank you, Killy Bar. All right, um, we have one more comic coming to the stage. How, how, how is the band doing? How are you guys doing? David Cologne, Aaron Barrett, David and the drummer. They're doing amazing. Oh my gosh. Uh, all right, we have one more comic for you. All the way from Washington. Please get excited. For Hans Kim. Hey. <clears throat> All right. So, um, are you guys? Am I? You guys start. I'll. Uh, I'll jump in. Cool. This. Uh, this is not a good start. Uh, <laughs> it's good to be here, guys. Feeling the beat. Yeah. I'm not as musical as the last person. I'm just going to be doing a lot of talking. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of words. Uh, my name's Hans. Hey, what's up? It's good to be here. Um, I think it's uh, funny that Tanner is a white person's name. It's just a thought. Yeah. Tanner, then what? It should be like, hey, this is my Mexican friend, Tanner. This is my black friend, Tannist. Uh, I think it's weird that in hospitals, they give sick people flowers. Like, hey, here's a reminder of how fragile life is. Let's see if you outlive this flower. I went to my chiropractor recently, and he was giving me an adjustment, and I heard his knuckles crack. So I think the student has become the master. <laughs> I, uh, I am single, and I have yet to find my soulmate. I'm beginning to think maybe it's her fault, you know. She should get out more. She seems like a loser. My friends are like, Hans, uh, you're, at least you're not gay, you know? Because if you're gay, that means most of the gender that you're attracted to wouldn't be attracted to you back. And I was like, whoa, glad I'm not gay. <laughs> they must cry a lot. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I am Asian, and it's hard dating as an Asian man because uh, there's like a billion of us. You know? <laughs> This girl was like, I'm really into Asian guys. Great. We're the most easily replaceable fetish. <laughs> I got to be on my A game when I'm eating rice now. Yeah. Does it turn you on when I respect my ancestors? <laughs> I, uh, 
I love Tinder because Tinder's not really a dating app. It's more like a smartphone game where if you win, a girl touches you. <laughs> this boss is so hard. I'm never playing Candy Crush again. I, uh, I met a girl on Tinder who said uh, that she could give me a hand job, which is great. Uh, but she didn't keep a steady tempo. I was like, hey, you can't just dubstep this shit. Uh, <laughs> stop dropping the bass. It hurts. I, uh, I love being here in uh, San Francisco. My sister just got back from a mission trip. If you don't know what that is, a mission trip is when Americans go to third world countries to get new profile pictures. <laughs> it's, a, it's a sacred tradition. I, uh, I think she's great. She thought uh, I went to a Mexican gym because she thought it was pronounced La Fitness. It is LA Fitness. I, uh, I think it's awesome being at the gym. I see a lot of guys punching the punching bag, which I think is ineffective. When are you ever in a fight with a dude who's being hung? <laughs> Leave him be, he's gonna die anyways. You know? I, uh, I think that crocodiles are just dinosaur corgis. Yes. <laughs> I am, uh, I love, uh, I love being Asian. I'm Asian right now. <laughs> or as I'm known in this country, I'm Chinese. I'm from a province in China called South Korea. Um, I love being Asian because uh, whenever someone's racist to me, I know that they're crazy. Like what, you hate respectful people who keep to themselves? Okay, good luck finding an affordable car. <laughs> Watching Bill O'Reilly on a TV we made you. I, am, uh, I hate going to clubs. I have a hard time in clubs because I have a hard enough time trying to talk to girls. Now I have to seduce them through the art of dance. Here's some calligraphy, I'm good at that. I, uh, I think it's uh, hard being a vegan. If you don't know what a vegan is, those are the people who ruin your dinner plans and then are really proud about it. Uh, my sister is a vegan and uh, she likes to act like she's better than me, but she's guilty of a crime way worse than the murder of animals. And that's the crime of annoying a human. You know? If I could get her to behave during dinner time, I would eat two koala bears. <laughs> What's the point of having the healthiest body in the world if your personality makes people want to punch you? <laughs> Where's your quinoa now? <laughs> I think carpool lanes are very offensive. Carpool lanes is like society saying, hey, you know how you're lonely? Why don't you do that for a little longer now? Watch people with friends whizzing by you. <laughs> WTF society. I love, uh, 
I love my job. I think it's great, but I think it's also a terrible job at the same time. Because <laughs> I think if PETA found out that a cow was doing my job, they would stage a protest. They'd be like, hey man, you can't have your cow sitting in the same seat for eight hours every day. <laughs> cows are very spiritual, sexual animals. <laughs> Why are you making your cows pee into cups to test what kind of grass they're consuming on their free time? Cows need their privacy. I am, uh, <laughs> I'm glad to be here uh, in California. I, uh, I think it's crazy that uh, we invaded a country, Iraq, and then we were like, hey, like, uh, you should have our way of life. But um, I think if we're going to invade Iraq for, uh, to give them freedom, we should be open to being invaded by Denmark for their freedoms. Yeah. <laughs> Healthcare and education, come right in. Um, I, uh, <laughs> I need to write more jokes. Uh, <laughs> I think that the censorship laws on TV are dumb because you can get on TV and say bitch and disrespect women, but you can't get on TV and say shit and disrespect poop. <laughs> yeah. I think women deserve the same protection that we give to poop. <laughs> I'm pretty adamant about that one. Because if I'm walking down the street and someone's like, you dropped something, bitch, I'd be very offended for the person involved. But if I heard someone saying, hey, you dropped your shit, I'd be like, wow, what a considerate gangster. Uh, you can also show boobs on TV, and all you have to do is cover the nipple, which I think is ineffective, but keep doing it. Because yeah. if I see women wearing nipple pasties, that's still very sexy, and I can still masturbate to that, but <laughs> if I see a woman wearing a burqa that has holes where the nipple should be, I cannot masturbate to that. just science. <laughs> I think uh, white pride is good. It's good to have. But I think the people in Idaho are doing it wrong. <laughs> They're always into Nazis and civil war. They're never into building a castle and yodeling. <laughs> Why aren't you wearing a kilt? I, uh, I think the Confederate flag is offensive to logic. A flag is like a wife going up to her husband saying, hey, remember how we got into that huge argument and we almost divorced each other? I'm really proud of that time. <laughs> really represents who I am as a person that moment in our life. So I got a divorce papers tattooed on my chest. I think they should have a new Confederate flag. It can just be a picture of a fat person failing a test. <laughs> uh, that was offensive. I am, uh, I love being Asian. That's uh, one of my things that I'm into, <laughs> that I talk about. Uh, I think we deserve more respect in this country because the first thing that we did was to build railroads and now no one's even using that shit anymore. <laughs> you ever wonder why we're so bad at driving? We were all in on the railroad game, okay? 
kind of your fault, that one. <laughs> I uh, don't like spicy food because I've never been eating a delicious meal and thought to myself, this is great, but I could use a lot more pain. Uh, my name is Hans Kim, that's my time. Thank you so much. Hans Kim! Beautiful, Hans Kim! Loved those jokes, loved how much you love being Asian. I love it. I loved it all. How are we doing on time, Pam? We're wrapping it up, say bye-bye. All right. Okay, people, I hope you enjoyed the show. Please give it up for all your comics. Joe Glasgow, Killy Dwyer, Hans Kim. Give it up for the band, the beautiful band. David Cologne, Aaron Barrett. Uh, thank you, Pam, Mutiny Radio Festival. It's been a lovely time. Have fun. Free beer. Jonathan, I know you love tinctures. I do. Yeah. Most people don't even know what those are. Yeah, most of them don't. And we need to give uh, everybody a little example of what we know. Well, they should go to trialta.com to see the six different kinds of cannabinoids that are all distilled for their medicinal needs. Yes, and they're so wonderful. Have you heard about the CBN? Did you even know this existed? Is that like waffles? No, CBN is the cannabinoid in the plant that makes you fall asleep. Oh my God. Weed to make you sleep. Yeah. Does that put cancer to sleep? It puts cancer to sleep. It doesn't even get you high. It just puts you to sleep. There's also the THCA. Pain relief. Don't eat any more opioids. Does that come from the vegetation state? It, it certainly does. You clearly know your botanicals. You know your Alta California botanicals. Yes, and there's also a CB, high CBD and a mixture of both high THC and CBD. That's right. Helps with the shaky shakies. If you have anxiety, go with the CBD. If you like to get high, go with the THC. Go with it all. Go to your local dispensary and ask for it by name. Alta California botanicals. Or go to tryalta.com. If you give them your medical prescription, you can get two weeks for free Alta. <laughs> absolutely try alta.com hey you psychedelic junkies need something to do Tuesday March 1st well get your ass on out to the Golden Bull in Oakland at 8 p.m. For a stellar lineup of psychedelic rock, brought to you by Subliminal SF, featuring War Cloud, Cloud Catcher of Denver, and Skunk. Then Thursday, March 31st, check out Seattle band UN Hissing and Cardinal Worm, also another band to be announced. Same place, same time, $8. Funeral Doom is the genre. For complete listings and more information, visit subliminalsf.com or check them out on Facebook. See you there.
What's up, San Francisco? The SF Eagle Bar is proud to sponsor the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. The SF Eagle is about to celebrate its third year anniversary since reopening under new ownership and new management. We are historically a gay leather bar, and now we cater to the queer LGBT community. As well as our allies by hosting fundraisers for local nonprofits and events to celebrate love and equality. I ain't got no dick, but I love the Eagle. Yeah, you Ooh, do. Yes. Located at 398 12th Street at Harrison Street and open every single goddamn day. So check www.sf-eagle.com yeah. for calendar of events. And we will see you 3-3-16. By the way, opening day of our special Midnight Comedy Showcase for the Mutiny Comedy Festival. i see you guys there. Hell yeah. Hey. Industrial Metal's taking over! Golden Bull in Oakland, April 5th, with the Death Kings of LA, Genocide Skin, Ort Cloud, and other bands to be announced. 8 p.m., $8, all industrial metal. They come again on April 15th to see some noise rock. The other band on Earth will be there. Jerkagram of LA will be there. And Love Moon. Same place, different time. 9 p.m., 7 bucks. Brought to you by Subliminal SF. For complete listings and more information, visit subliminalsf.com or check them out on Facebook at facebook.com slash subliminalsf. Blue Ribbon is a proud sponsor of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. We appreciate how comedians are, well, they're poor, and they need a delicious and inexpensive alternative to craft beer. Now, that's why every Pabst Blue Ribbon is affordable and accessible to even the dirtiest of dickbag comedians, allowing them to be in public at a bar interacting with people they probably shouldn't, like women. So go buy your favorite comedian a PBR. They need the encouragement that someone, somewhere, cares what they have to say. Paps Blue Ribbon, keeping comedians funny with classically delicious flavor since 1844. Which is crazy, because it was America's best in 
a wimbo True hustle entertainment sponsors all the jokes Anthony Medina lets us all tell jokes Please come specifically for sin And And I don't care And the brainwash The mighty brainwash Oh, Tony loves to host Oh, and the brainwash The mighty brainwash Oh, you will love our jokes Rock your face off. Well, then come to the Golden Bull in Oakland for a night of doom metal with the dragged into sunlight out of UK, primitive man of Denver, and cult leader Salt Lake City. 8 p.m. $10, July 15th, brought to you by Subliminal SF. For complete listings and more information, visit SubliminalSF.com or check them out on Facebook. See you then. Asiento, this locally owned Mission Neighborhood Bar and Restaurant, is excited to be a sponsor for the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2016. We hope you'll join us any night at the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival for happy hour pricing all night long. Just mention that you were March 2nd through 6th at Asiento, 2730 21st Street at Bryant Street, just a half a block away from Mutiny Radio. Asiento has a warm, friendly neighborhood vibe that's perfect for an after-work drink or for a night out, featuring a comfortable bar and extensive tapas menu. This is the perfect place for groups that want to get together for drinks and food without the restaurant uh, commitment. Siento. Don't be surprised if you suddenly find yourself at Asiento for the entire night. It feels just like home with bartender service. Asiento. 